0: Thank y'all for coming and worshiping with us, even virtually. Altogether it has blessed my life and you being a part of together is blessing the whole world. And so we're going to build on what we talked about last Sunday. I told you we're going to look at the fear of the unknown and we're going to look at two powerful words, even though. Last week, we looked at Job's life and his story, how he dealt with tragedy, because even though Job was in pain, Job continued with his faith and allowed his faith to propel him forward. And God eventually redeemed, restored and revived Job. Well, today we're going to keep that same energy. We're going to go to a very familiar passage of scripture. If you've been in church in any time, any amount of time, you've heard the 23rd Psalm. But to my friends that may have some questions about the faith, possibly be skeptical of the faith. I want you to listen up because this six verse Psalm will bless your whole entire life. And so the fear of the unknown. The title of this message is even though I'm waiting. Let's pray. God in heaven. We find ourselves waiting on a whole lot of different things, waiting for the pandemic to end, waiting for life to have some semblance of normalcy, waiting for help in many ways. And so, God, we pray that as we explore the riches that are found in Psalm 23, give us hope, give us joy, give us peace and remind us that you are with us. In the name of Christ, we do pray. Amen. Whether you want to admit it or not, I hope you will rock with me right now and understand that every single person, no matter if you're five or ninety five, you are waiting on something. You're either waiting on something or you're waiting for someone. Friends, whether it is waiting on more money, waiting on a new relationship, waiting on validation from other people, waiting on validation from God, peace on earth. No matter what it is, we're all waiting on something. But how do you cope with your waiting season? Do you wait with confidence or do you wait in frantic fear? Mm -hmm. See, waiting in confidence means that you trust that God is full of integrity and that God is ultimately with you in your season of waiting. But waiting in frantic fear That's a whole other side of the extreme because it means that whatever your brain can conceptualize, whatever false evidence appears real in your moment, whatever messages from society are downloaded on your heart, they dictate for you how you feel and whether you have faith and hope or not. I'll go so far as to tell many of us and submit and suggest honestly that many of us wait in frantic fear. We wait in frantic fear and get some messages from our YouTube philosophers and our Facebook people, and we hope that it's enough to keep us hopeful. But our seasons of waiting can sometimes feel like lifting weights. Our seasons of waiting can lead us to feeling hopeless sometimes. But yet, if we choose to have faith, if we choose to think of God as a loving shepherd, our seasons of waiting can actually help us gain a deeper relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Friends, it's in Psalm 23 that we see God depicted quite uniquely than many of us have ever heard God depicted. God is usually sovereign. We even said last month he's a detail oriented God. But in Psalm 23, we depict God through David's words as a loving shepherd. Mm-hmm a shepherd and a dependable guide who travels with us throughout eternity and even right now. This loving shepherd, he guides us and gives us hope in horrible times. He gives us security in chaotic circumstances. You see, Psalm 23 is written by our good brother, David, and he writes this Psalm from the well of his own experience. You see, David compares God to a loving shepherd because in his early years, David was a shepherd. He tended the sheep. And in this time of reflection, because he's out there by himself with animals who can't talk, he has a whole lot of time to reflect on understanding how God actually cares for all of us. You see, understand today that sheep are completely dependent on the shepherd for provision and security. I'm going to say that again. Sheep are completely dependent on the shepherd for guidance, especially security. Friends, whether you've caught it or not, we are the sheep and the Lord is the very good shepherd. He provides for us and protects us. He secures us. God leads us. He guides us and he cares for us in specific ways. And because we have access to this good shepherd, we do well to follow him. David, like many of us, has found himself waiting. I'm sure when he was out there with that multitude and flock of sheep, he probably was waiting for life to get better. Maybe waiting on what life would be like after this chapter. But I want you to understand that David was not hopeless David was hopeful. (laughs) David waited in confidence, and that's exactly how he writes and what we find as the theme of Psalm 23. There indeed are some specific truths here that even though we may find ourselves waiting, we can wait in confidence instead of frantic fear. And so I want us to begin looking at verses one through three, and we see that the loving shepherd The loving shepherd's provision pursues us. Listen to David's words. David begins in verse one saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. David expresses that God meets his needs by by providing fresh places for him to reside. David echoes that God comforts and refreshes his soul. He beautifully communicates that God is his loving shepherd that guides him throughout life and seeks to help him along the way. This fantastic visual of God as a loving guide and shepherd providing and pursuing David is really a loving picture of hope. It's a picture of love. Even it is a wonderful picture of a loving God who providentially cares not only for David, but also for us. You have to understand this whole shepherd metaphor because a shepherd is one who takes care of not some of the needs, but all of the needs of a group or flock of sheep. The shepherd guides the flock of sheep, steers the sheep from danger and even places oil on the sheep when needed. The shepherd makes this his responsibility, his duty to care for the sheep. He keeps them from poisonous plants places them in places where they may eat safely and keeps a watch so that they may even sleep safely. What a shepherd does to provide for his flock is what David describes that God lovingly does for all of us. See, God pursues us to care. He pursues us to protect us. He pursues us to provide for us in many ways that we are not able to provide for of ourselves. This is why later in life, my good brother, the missionary Paul knew the 23rd Psalm and he built on this sentiment of God providing for us. As he says in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Do you hear that? But if we rewind back, we understand that David shows us that even in our waiting season, God is making sure that our needs are met. God is such a loving shepherd that he pursues us and provides for us all that we need. Friends, we have a loving shepherd that providentially pursues us, but yet that's only the tip of the iceberg of this loving shepherd that we know is God. Because in verses four through five, we also notice that the shepherd's presence comforts us. Listen to what the text says as it starts with our two favorite words of the month. And it's this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. David here expresses that even though life is offering him some challenges at the moment, even though these circumstances are not ideal, they're unpleasant, right? He says, I have confidence that God, you're with me. David communicates that death may be, yes, a real possibility, but God is with me. God fights for me. God will vindicate me. David notices issues surrounding him, but he understands that the presence of God is able to comfort him. Friends, this is so great because the shepherd's presence in the midst of issues, in the midst of waiting, it comforts David and it leads him to having greater confidence in God. Friends, enemies and haters are present, but so is God. And David trusts that God's presence will overpower the uncertainty of his life. He's trusting that God's presence will overpower the tactic of his enemies. He's trusting that God's presence will overpower the problems that he is experiencing. And can I parenthetically pause right here and tell each and every one of you that if in our life we would allow the shepherd's presence to comfort us, we wouldn't walk around all stressed out and ready to hit somebody. If we would just allow the shepherd's presence to comfort us, we would be able to say, God, you lead me because I can't lead myself. We will be able to depend on God because God's presence... Alone adds peace to our lives if we will stop trying to control our lives. (laughs) But I like what verse five says right here, because that's verse four, but verse five is pregnant with applicability y'all. Verse five is amazing because in verse five, there's a table that David makes reference to. He says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Friends, this is a reference here to God's presence, but also God's provision. And what David is in actuality saying is that although I have enemies looming around me ready to attack me and to hurt me, I have God's presence afforded for me and ready to faithfully act. But I like this because when he talks about his enemies, we think about our enemies like we in war with them and we need to fight them, try to hurt them, murder them or kill them. But what God is actually doing in the text is when David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. Have you ever thought that God actually is using the table as a great evangelistic tool? He's using the table as an evangelistic tool saying, look what I do for my children. Maybe if you put your arrow down, maybe if you put your rumor down, maybe if you put all your hating tactics down and literally follow me, guess what? I'll prepare a table even for you. Friends, even though David is waiting for a different outcome, he thinks back to what God and how God has been amazing for him. I like David because in Psalm 23, he talks about enemies have arisen against him, but how God prepares the table that's really before each and every one of his enemies. But yet fast forward that thing and go to Psalm 68, because enemies will be a constant in all of our lives. You will have some good folk, but you will have some bad people too. And you have to understand that the Lord knows how to handle your enemies better than you ever do. You don't have to write a status about your enemy. You don't have to be passive aggressive about your enemy because my good brother, David, he tells you what you ought to do. In fact, you should pray for your enemy. Look what David says in Psalm 68, verses 1 through 4. David says, May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, and may those who hate him flee from his presence. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before a fire, so the wicked will perish before God. But the righteous will be joyful. They will rejoice before God. Yes, they will rejoice with gladness. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Exalt him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and be jubilant before him. (laughs) Oh, do you hear that? Friends, hit the rewind button and go back to that table because it won't let me alone. The table is prepared so the enemies can witness the provision of God. He wants everybody to see that. Listen, this is how I care for my children. The presence of God should comfort us. And listen, if we learn to keep our eyes on God instead of our issue, we are given the comfort by, by, by God to have strength to keep going in life. Friends, it's in verse five, however, that we've heard about the table. (laughs) We understand about the table, but then it says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Y'all better listen. This thing blessed me this week because see in ancient near Eastern culture at a banquet, it was customary to anoint a person with fragrant oil. Olive oil was often used to treat dry or cracked skin of travelers who had traveled a whole long way and had finally made it to their destination. Therefore, placing oil on a visitor was actually a sign of hospitality. (laughs) Therefore, as David says, you anoint my head with oil. This actually symbolizes that the shepherd, the loving shepherd that we know as God is always welcoming us with hospitality. In fact, he's saying you belong here and he actually means it. He's saying he's like Motel 6, I'm going to leave the light on for you. He's going to the front door and leaving that thing open saying you always have a place right here with me. Friends, God's presence comforts us. It extends hospitality to us. It prepares tables for us. It fights our enemies for us. Friends, the loving shepherd comforts us. Oh, friends, we've seen today that yes, David may be waiting, but he understands that the loving shepherd's provision pursues him. He takes confidence and peace, understanding that the shepherd's presence comforts him. But yet Psalm 23 continues in the first portion of verse six by showing us this, that the shepherd's goodness follows us. Oh, I got to say that again, friends, because the shepherd's goodness follows us. David says in the first part of verse six of Psalm 23, certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life. Friends, when David says that God's goodness and faithfulness will follow him all his life, He's sharing that God's kindness and God's favor will follow him. It will be attached to him all the days of his life. Friends, this shows us that David has all of his faith. He has all of his eggs in the basket of God. And so no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter where he goes, no matter how good or how bad life may seem, David is trusting that the shepherd's goodness will always be available to him. Friends, this is so great of news because if David has access to the shepherd's goodness, guess what? We have access to the shepherd's goodness as well. And God's kindness is available. God's favor is right here. It walks with us no matter what direction we may find ourselves going in. Here's the truth right here. God's goodness goes with us. I'm going to say it one more time. God's goodness goes with us. Now you may say, well, okay, I I don't understand that. I, I got a cognitive disconnect on that. Well, think about this, man. I'd hit a rewind button. As a child, I used to play a game called tag. You're it. And the directions are that you need two or more people to decide who will be it. And the person who is it chases after the group, and whoever is tagged by it then becomes it, right? Pretty simple. But in fifth grade, y'all, I was pretty much faster than everybody in my class. Mm -hmm. But there was this one guy that I hated playing tag with because he was a little faster than me. And his brother, his name was Keith. One day, Keith had been tagged as it. Well... I got a head start on Keith (laughs) because before I even came to the playground, I had my shoes tied up real tight. I had done me a couple of stretches and I was limber and ready. And so Keith was it. And I was running and got a head start on Keith. I said, Keith won't get me. (laughs) When I went to the left, however, I looked back and Keith was there. When I looked to the right and I went there, I looked back and Keith was there. I ran around the basketball court thinking that clearly this brother going to go to somebody else. Nope, Keith was right there. Oh, will you please hear me now because it's bigger than a game of tag because God, in fact, is it. And God follows closer than my brother Keith. Wherever we go, God's goodness and his mercy follows us. Wherever we go, God is traveling with us. Wherever we go, God is always with us. And check this, God, tags us with his goodness. He tags us with his faithfulness. He tags us with his love. He tags us with his provision. And you got to catch this today. The shepherd's goodness follows you. It follows you no matter if you got it all together or if you do not. No matter if you come from a family that's towed up from the float up, your God's goodness is still there. No matter if you don't feel real good about yourself because you may be overweight or may find yourself depressed, the shepherd's goodness is still available to you. No matter if you got a boo or you single and ain't nothing wrong with you. Guess what? The shepherd's goodness is available to you. So my brother David, he says, certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow you all the days of your life. But check how he ends this psalm. He says, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Well, friends, we've seen that the Lord comforts us. He provides for us. This goodness follows us. But this last portion teaches us that we can always remain in relationship with the shepherd. Always. We can always remain in relationship with the shepherd. Friends, David's choice of words are huge here. They actually sing you into praise right here because the word dwell in its original language means that God is always standing near us with open arms where we can always return to God. Friends, we like to say, I found God. God was never lost. We like to say, well, you know, I'm running away from God. Have you not heard David's words in Psalm 139 where he says, where can I go to flee from your presence? If I go over there, you're right there. If I go over here, you're right there. If I make my bed down here, you're right there. God is everywhere. We're never far from God and we can always and forever remain in relationship with our loving shepherd. You see, the shepherd provides for us, comforts us, follows us and is always open to us. God is such an amazing shepherd that to serve humanity, he sent Jesus to show us his expansive love. Jesus models for us the sacrificial love of God and proves to every one of us that God's love follows and comforts us. The shepherd cares about each and every one of his sheep. The shepherd cares about the details of his sheep. When the sheep puts his nose down to eat, and over time it may get chapped, the shepherd one by one goes and puts oil on the sheep Mm -hmm. because he cares for the sheep. Friends, but here's the truth of the whole matter. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Mm -hmm. David has experienced the love and the provision of the shepherd, but he's waiting on more. Mm -hmm. We never experience a season Well, we do not need the love and the mercy of God. We're always waiting and wanting more of God. We are God's sheep and God is our loving shepherd. But we have to learn how to hear God's voice and understand when everything else is speaking. We as sheep must graduate to that point where we hear God's voice through God's word, through people through experiences, and even through wise counsel. I know that when we're waiting, sometimes life can be noisy. We feel like it'll always be like this. But even in your seasons of waiting, don't ever forget that the shepherd loves you. The shepherd cares for you. The shepherd's goodness follows you. And we can always remain in relationship with God. Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you so much for your loving scripture. Thank you for being our loving shepherd. I pray for that man, that woman, that boy or that girl who may not have even known that you were such a loving shepherd. Or who who happens to not have a relationship with you, that they may come into relationship with you right now. Thank you so much, God, for the way you pursue us and help us. We need more of you and we're giving you more of us. In Christ's name, amen. My friends, we are so thankful that you have come and you're worshiping with us in this virtual space. But I must ask, do you have a relationship with God? Do you believe in Jesus? If by chance you do not have a relationship with Jesus, what you waiting on? Because God is such a loving shepherd to us that even in our imperfections, he sent Jesus to die for us. So, my friend, if you're watching this and you say, I want a relationship with Jesus, you can jump start it today by praying a very simple prayer. Please repeat after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for me and I confess that Christ is the Lord of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Whether you have prayed that prayer or you may say, hey, I got some deeper requests that I need to talk to somebody about. You can do so by emailing us today at all together at spdl.org. And one of our team members will get back to you very, very shortly. If you'd like to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to spdl.org. I want you to have a winning week. But as we examine Psalm 23, it's a very short psalm. I would love it if you read that this week for some comfort and for some peace. And remember this, trust the shepherd to guide you in and beyond your season of waiting. Friends, I know we're waiting on a lot of things right now, but in your season of waiting, don't be frustrated, be faithful and trust the loving shepherd because God is with you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.